Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast where we attempt to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Today's episode is called Embracing the Unknown, and it's inspired by meditation number 111 in the Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. The meditation says, Sweet-hearted one, meditate on knowing and not knowing, existing and not existing, then leave both aside that you may be. I'll repeat that. Sweet-hearted one, this is Shiva addressing his beloved Devi. Meditate on knowing and not knowing, which basically means consider all of the things that you know within your scope of experience, and then flip it and consider the vast array of existence and experiences and feelings that we have never had contact with, that we cannot even imagine because it's not even within our scope of imagination. He's telling Debbie, meditate on both of these. Meditate on what you think you know and meditate on the great unknown, the great mystery of life. He goes on to say, meditate on existing and not existing. Meditate on your birth. Meditate on the life force that you have within you. Contemplate your life's experiences. And then flip it around, meditate on your death, meditate on you merging with this great void or this great fullness of life. And he goes on to say, then leave both aside that you may be, meaning let go of needing to know, let go of being attached to fear of all the things you don't know, let go of clinging to life, let go of fear of death, and simply be where you are in the moment. Simply allow yourself to hang in the void. And in that, you may be. What may you be? Essentially, in this philosophy, is that you don't need to be anything in particular. You don't need to define yourself. You don't need to have a set plan or a set of goals. Rather, you simply be. You simply dwell within the scope of your experience. The visualization I get with this meditation is just me hanging out in space and there's no free fall because there's nowhere to fall to and there's no going because there's nowhere to go to but rather it's just me utter bare existence with the entire universe around me within me and in every cell of my body it's like the entire galaxy upon galaxies sparkling within my cells And when I sit with this meditation, what it really allows me to do is embrace the unknown. And that's something I've really been working with personally. I know that for myself and for many of us, there is this strong uh, third chakra desire, if you will, to have control over our life circumstances. And not only to have control over our own life circumstances, but also to have control over the way other people treat us have control over the way things are going in the world, such as politics or certain events that actually, quite frankly, we have no control over whatsoever. And if we're completely truthful, we don't even have control over ourselves most of the time. 
And why is that? There's a myriad of reasons. Maybe we're caught in our reactions, as we've discussed in previous podcasts. Or maybe we are walking a new experience that we've never come into contact with before. And so we have no gauge on how to behave or how to act. So we're in this really raw place within ourselves where we're simply acting upon memory or what some people call instinct, which the yogis call memory. This idea that all these things we call instinct are actually things we remember from previous incarnations and they're coming into play because they're imprinted on our cellular and soul memory. So beyond knowing and not knowing is this place within us that simply is able to dwell in existence. But what it takes for us to get there is to get outside of the realm of thought, to get outside of the realm of control, as I've mentioned, and to simply be with what is. And this is so much easier said than done, especially when we are on the precipice of making major life changes or stepping into a heightened role with our career or stepping into a new relationship where there's no guarantees that that person is going to love you tomorrow, but what you do have is they love you right now. And sometimes that new relationship is actually with ourselves whenever we're willing to shed old layers and embrace the fact that we all change. You know, if we hold ourselves to being consistent, we actually die a little bit inside because we force ourselves, we control ourselves to try to be the same person we were yesterday. And if we're not that same person, then suddenly we think something's wrong. And this is a really potent teaching, especially when it comes to overcoming habits that don't serve us. You know, habits are essentially us holding ourselves to who we were yesterday. But if we're willing to let go of those habits and embrace the fact that we don't necessarily need the vices that we always thought we needed to maintain, suddenly we become reborn in the present moment. And I'm not talking about being reborn in a religion. I know some of us hear the word reborn and we instantly go towards like, oh, one of those talks. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about... Our ability to embrace the unknown, not only out in the world, meaning we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but also to embrace the unknown factors within ourselves. I know for me, I've been having a huge process with letting go of habits that don't serve me. And without getting into the nitty gritty of what those things are, because I don't feel it's appropriate I just want to say that if I'm willing to let go of those old uh essentially grooves in my neural pathways and embrace new grooves. Meaning if in the morning I wake up and drink a big glass of lemon water instead of yerba mate, if I don't assign a belief that I need the yerba mate anymore and I drink the lemon water, I'm very likely to feel just as energized with the lemon water as I would with the yerba mate. Because things only have meaning if we give them meaning. So if we're willing to let go of our attachment to what things mean to us, suddenly new relationships with those objects, with those vices, or with other humans can form. It's the same thing with my partner. If I hold him to being the exact same that he was yesterday, then I'm stifling his creative force. Whereas if I simply embrace who he is in the moment as he is, 
he actually becomes even more open to me because I'm open to him. And so embracing the unknown is something that ideally, at least for myself, I want to do every single day. And not just in concept, not just in theory, but actually in my scope of experience. I want to be able to say, you know, just because I was afraid of that yesterday doesn't mean I need to be afraid of that today. Just because that challenged me or triggered me yesterday doesn't mean it has to necessarily trigger me today. And for me personally right now, my partner and I are getting ready to leave Hawaii. And I've been in Hawaii for seven and a half years. It has been my healing refuge. It has helped me become this vibrant, confident woman that I feel I am today. And we're going to step into living in Los Angeles. And I've always been super daunted by big cities. I've always said to myself, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't right for me. I will never live that life. And because of that attitude, because of that kind of holding myself to that consistent belief system, I've really held myself back. And especially in the realm of my career, I've held myself back to the point where I'm still doing what I've been trying to let go of for five years. And that's actually giving body work. Now, don't get me wrong. I love giving massages. To me, it's something that is an integral part of forming what I know today and what I do today with teaching yoga and sharing this knowledge. But it's also not serving me in, on so many levels. And because I've been so afraid to embrace the unknown and step into leaving the island and step into maybe living in a big city, which I've never done before, I've held myself back. I've held myself here, essentially, and I've really allowed myself to stagnate. And so if you're wondering, like, why do I need to embrace the unknown? Well, it's about keeping our creative force alive and well, rather than stagnating in what's familiar because we are afraid of change. You know, fear of change is basically what we call attachment. And the more attachment we have, the more stagnant we are because we're afraid to step out of this narrow little box. You know, the prison walls that we set up around ourselves are based on our attachments. If we become willing to dismantle those prison walls, meaning if we become willing to let go of our attachments little by little and start to open up the ceiling and see that there's this vast, huge night sky with a million different stars shining, meaning if there's a million different opportunities for us and if we realize that whatever we are open to, we actually can start to project onto our reality, meaning we start to live that in our life. And suddenly we realize there's no point in having all of these attachments. And I've missed opportunities that have come my way because I have been based in fear. And to me, that's what having too many attachments are. It's being stuck in a fear-based mentality because our attachments uphold our so-called identity. And if we let go of our identity, then who are we? We are that blank slate floating around in the unknown. And although this might sound really empty and unfulfilling at first, think about what a blank slate really is. 
it's totally open. It's totally available for whatever imprint we want to place upon it. And so giving ourselves that blank slate, meaning letting go of attachments and being willing to embrace the unknown is massively valuable because it allows us to constantly rebirth ourselves. So if something's not serving us and we know it, we have the freedom to drop it immediately. Why drag around 10 shopping carts full of bags when you don't need to do any of that? It reminds me of that Erica Badu song, Bag Lady, where she's saying, Bag Lady, you're going to miss your bus because you've got too much stuff. And that's kind of how I feel. I feel like suddenly I realized I had too much stuff. There were too many attachments holding me back from stepping onto my bus. What is my bus? My bus is my karmic destiny. Or if you don't believe in karma, my bus is stepping into my blank slate so I can allow my creative force to flow. And if you really ask yourself, am I allowing my creative force to flow? Or am I stuck in all of these identifications, all of these attachments to being comfortable? What is your answer? Think about it. Most of us are in that second category where we are caught up in our identifications. We're caught up in, you know, where we live. For me, for example, I'm caught up in living in Hawaii. I identify part of my uh, ego is that I live in Hawaii and I've been able to work things out here so I can be here and respect the culture and thrive here on many levels, right? If I let go of that attachment, who am I? There's a little gaping hole there, but it's not a negative gaping hole. It's actually this, the night sky opening up. It's me dismantling one of those walls. It's me letting go of the attachment to where I live so I can step out into the world and free myself. There's no guarantee that my love and I are going to end up staying in Los Angeles. We really don't know the answers. But there's something so beautiful about just entertaining the idea that we are totally free to do whatever we want. And that's the case for every single one of us. We are actually totally free to do what we want if we are willing to dismantle all of the prison walls of our attachments. The less attached we are, the more free we become. And the more free we are, the more of a blank slate we are. So that life's experiences, our creative forces can color that blank slate as needed. And it's not like permanent paint on a canvas. It's kind of like a dry erase board where you can erase it day after day. And every day, be willing to embrace what is alive and well for you in that moment. So if... One day, you feel like eating smoothies and being a raw foodist. You can be that. If the next day you want to go, forgive me, yogis, who are vegetarian and easily um, offended. The next day you want to go eat a big steak and potatoes. You can do that. You don't have to hold yourself to being one way or another. In fact, the more restrictions we put upon ourselves, the more unhappy we are, the more we restricted we are. Think about it. My, I have dietary restrictions. I have lifestyle restrictions. I've got to be a vegan. 
I've got to go to bed at nine o'clock so I can wake up at four in the morning and do a punishing three-hour yoga routine. And maybe for a while that really serves you, but after a while it's not going to serve you anymore. And if you try to hold yourself to those restrictions, quite literally, you are restricting your freedom to be who you are and in your own authenticity in the moment at hand. If you're willing to say, today I'm going to be vegan. Today, waking up at four in the morning and practicing three hours of yoga feels good to me. Maybe that serves you for a long time. But can you be present enough, alive enough, and free enough to recognize when that's no longer serving you and drop it? And be willing to embrace what is alive for you in that moment. The more you allow yourself to be free, the happier you are. The less judgmental you are of others. And that bridges the gaps between you and others. Suddenly you can feel totally connected with someone who is totally different than you. So for me, for example, moving to California, I am sure... I'm going to encounter individuals who live a different lifestyle than me. I am sure that I'm going to encounter individuals who have different belief systems than me. I am sure I am going to encounter individuals who challenge me on many levels with the way they behave. This is a guarantee because the lifestyle is so very different there. But the amazing thing is, is I am finally in a place where I can love them too. I don't just love the people who are like me anymore. I actually love everyone. I'm not just open to the people who are like me anymore. I'm actually relatively, for the most part, because I don't want to be a hypocrite and say I'm completely open. I'm actually pretty open to everyone. Ironically... I got to test this philosophy yesterday quite a bit. As some of you know or may not know, a couple months ago, someone ran a red light and hit my car going 40 miles per hour. And we were very blessed to not be seriously injured, but it definitely hurt our bodies. We both had to have several months of chiropractic care to get back on track. I'm just now, after a couple months, back to my full yoga practice again, for example. And not only did this person run the red light and hit us, but he also lied to the insurance company and said we ran the red light, which, of course, is not true. And I believe this person thought he would never run into us again. Well, guess what? Yesterday, we were in the health food store checking out, and there he is in the line across from us. And when I saw him, the first thing that came over me was anger. Not just anger, but the kind of anger where laser beams shoot out of your eyes kind of anger and your cheeks get flushed. So I said out loud, I was triggered. I said, oh, look who it is. And I said it so loud that he had to look at me. And I just sat there and stared him down. He was laughing and smiling before he caught eye contact with me. And then Christian and I, both my love and I, both stood there and stared at him. And to be perfectly transparent, our old selves might have done something really dishonorable there. Because this person inflicted harm upon us. 
And not only did he inflict harm upon us, but he also tried to damage our financial stability. And on and on, I could go with the victim mentality. So once he realized it was us, he hurried and rushed out of the health food store. And he tried to get away from us as quickly as he could. Would you blame him? So he stood with his back to us eating his plate of food. And it was a big party going on in the town we live in. So there was a lot of people around. And my partner and I both took a deep breath before we walked out of the health food store. Because we knew we were going to see him again. And I said, let's let him go. Let's go. Let's leave. And although we both still felt really angry... As we were leaving and pulling away, I felt really happy because suddenly all the anger dropped and I felt compassion for him. And I can tell you all out there listening that even a couple years ago, I would not have felt compassion for that person. I would have felt victimized by what happened. I would have felt so charged. It would have taken me a couple days to get over the, the amount of anger I felt towards that person, especially because it inflicted bodily harm on us. But then I started to think about it and have gratitude for him because the fact that he ran that red light that night at midnight and hit our car, it actually allowed me to, quote, sell my car to the insurance company, which means I didn't have to do anything to sell my car and I still got the money that my car was worth. And because of that, it set the wheels in motion for us to move to California. Because things started to fall away quickly after that event happened. And so all of my rage, slowly over the course of a few hours, maybe more realistically like 12 hours after a night's sleep and being with friends, all of that rage started to turn into gratitude. It started to see this person who hit our car and who lied started to see him as a blessing in disguise. Because although in the moment it seemed like the worst thing ever, it seemed, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And there was all this flailing and all of this really strong, undesirable, emotional triggers coming up. Now when I reflect on it, I realize he helped us. He helped us get out of our stagnant place. He helped me realize that something had to change. Life was stopping me in my tracks through the form of the truck going 40 miles per hour, flying through a red light and T-boning us. Life was telling me something. And without that person running that light and hitting my car that night, maybe we wouldn't be getting ready to make this huge life change. And so that's what I mean. When we embrace the unknown, it's about realizing that sometimes we don't understand exactly why things are happening. But if we can sit in those feelings of discomfort, of not knowing the reasons why, if we can sit in those feelings of whatever it is, be it anger, sadness, or maybe extreme joy. Oh my God, I don't know what's going on. Some people are like that. And I really admire those of you who are like that. But if we can sit with that long enough we realize eventually the answers to all of our questions naturally come. We don't have to search for the answers. We don't have to have an existential crisis about, I don't know what's happening. Who am I? No, simply be no one. Simply know nothing. Meditate on not knowing. 
Meditate on not existing. And then leave it aside so that you may be. And in that way, you become wide open. And in that openness, everyone is your teacher. In that openness, every experience eventually shows us something about ourselves. Because it's either a blessing or it's a blessing in disguise leading us towards a higher awakening of the true nature of ourselves and the true nature of what we call reality. And so when we think about embracing the unknown, it's realizing that it's not only embracing the unknown as in we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but it's also embracing the unknown of not always needing to have the answers to why things happen the way they did. And this really brings us a deep level of wisdom because embracing the unknown means we have to stay grounded even when we feel ungrounded. We can realize, no, you know what? Right now, I'm going to get back to my roots. I'm going to feel the earth under my feet. And right now, I am supported in that. And that's all I need. And maybe some of us don't even need that. Some of us can feel ungrounded and be like, I'm okay with this right now. Embracing the unknown reminds us to remain patient, to realize that things are not always based on instant gratification. Sometimes we have to wait months years to understand why things are unfolding the way they are and this requires us to trust to trust the process of life and let go of needing to control every single experience and every relationship we have but rather allow this great mystery of existence this great mystery of not knowing to consume us and allowing ourselves to be consumed by the great mystery we have to let go of our attachments to needing to know the answers. And when we let go of our attachments of needing to know the why and the deep intricacies of life and the way things are going, we become free to simply be. To let things be the way they are. To let things feel incomplete. To let things feel totally disorganized when they need to be. This is something I've really been working with because as we are moving, we have a lot of opportunities coming up, but nothing is set in stone yet. And there's that fear over, will we have enough money? But you know what? If we look back, and this is maybe a privileged statement, so please forgive me if it sounds that way. But when we look back, we realize things actually always work out. We always are provided for on some level or another. And when I say things always work out, maybe sometimes that means that we actually leave our body and that's the way things work out. And as much as I want to say that's okay too, as much as we want to think, no, death is not things working out, it actually is because life Existence or non-existence is actually equal on some level. Because there's always a part of us that we want to feel like, no, I don't want to disappear. I don't want to go away. But what's wrong with that? If we start to really look at the great mystery of existence, or we listen to people who have near-death experiences, they'll tell you, 
when they died for those moments in time, they felt more love and more beauty than they ever felt in their body. So what is there to fear actually? What we fear is not having control. What we fear is not knowing the answers. But if we can realize that even those things are part of existence, and think about it, we live every moment of our life not knowing what's actually going to happen to us when we die. We live every single moment of our life knowing that we are going to die. Yet we find peace within it. Yet we find the strength to keep going. And if you realize that, then suddenly not knowing the answers to how you're going to make your next paycheck maybe, or not knowing where you're going to live next month, suddenly it becomes a little less daunting. Because if you know that there's no answer to what actually happens when you die, no matter what someone tries to tell you, no matter how much reassurance you try to receive from your guru, from the spiritual books, from your religion, or from people who have had these near-death experiences, the truth is, when that moment of death comes, we are on our own to have that experience. And that is the greatest experience of our life. Our whole life prepares us for the unknown. And if you put it into perspective that way, then suddenly we quit tripping out over all these tiny little things that we don't have the answers for. And instead, we can simply arrive in every sweet moment with a blank slate. And in that blank slate, we become totally free to be who we want to be in that moment. We become totally free to project our reality as we want it to be in that moment. And in that, we become totally capable of embracing the unknown. And we realize it's so beautiful. The workings of life are so mysterious and beautiful. Sometimes all we need is a perspective change to see that beauty. It's just like the guy who hit my car and totaled it. At first, I really hated him. Even yesterday when I saw him in the health food store, my initial reaction was to do something violent, to be really honest with you all, although it's hard for me to admit it. But suddenly I shifted my perspective and I realized that man, he's a Buddha, a Buddha in disguise, who came into our lives to help us create a blank slate. And now, as we begin to step into this huge unknown in two weeks, we leave the island, and we start this new chapter of our lives. What once filled me with fear and dread and a feeling of being burdened by all the mundane things I have to take care of, by the thought of having to wax my mustache and cut my hair, suddenly, I know that's hilarious, right? Suddenly I realized this is a great cosmic play. I get to play with this new experience. I get to embrace this new experience and see what it has in store for me. And although I don't know the answers, although there are no guarantees, I am willing to let go of my identity of who I think I am to be in those experiences to embrace what life is bringing to me. 
And in that embrace, I know whatever it is, it's going to be beautiful. Because I'm allowing it to be that. Because I don't need all the answers. I can sit and hang in that vacant space. I can meditate on knowing and not knowing, existing and not existing, and then leave both aside so that I may be. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma Podcast. Namaste.